Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I just, I just try to be myself. That's it. I don't try to change who I am, um, no matter who's around me. You know, I'm, I'm, I like joking. I like having a fun, a fun time. But when the pads get on, I, I mean business, and I, I want to do everything I can do to help this team win football games. And um, when guys can see that from their quarterback, I think that kind of carries over. And, and, guy, and again, I'm, I'm as selfless as possible. You know, if we run it 40 times a game, if we throw it 40 times a game, if we, we won the game, I'm still going to be critical of myself after the game and, and try to find ways that I can be better. And um, again, I think that's the job of the quarterback. You, you help win games no matter which way you, you can. That's right, baby. Win games as much as you can, whenever you can, right? And that's our guy, Josh Allen. You know what I mean? Talking about that a little bit right after uh, the first day of OTAs. Welcome to Believe in Bills. I'm your host, Wookie Hawkins. Alongside me, I have Justice D. General in the place. And, you know, we got some great things to talk about today. Obviously, you just, you know, heard our guy, Josh, QB1, you know, talking a little bit on, you know, what his demeanor is. You know what I mean? Going into, uh, you know, this season. And guess what? His demeanor has been like that ever since he set foot up here on One Bills Drive. It's just that now, you know, I guess everybody want to hear it all over again. And I got Josh. And, you know, he has no problem explaining that. But we got ourselves one great show. We're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about OTAs, obviously. Then we're going to get into some position battles on both sides of the ball, you know, uh, you know, in a timely manner as much as we could. But, um, you know, Justice, what is your take basically from, you know, what you heard, what you've seen, you know what I mean, from uh, OTAs so far? I think it, it just speaks to how great Josh Allen is, you know, and how people really don't probably give him as much credit as he deserves. Um, you know, we see his talent on the football field. You hear about, uh, you know, from when he was in, you know, college, the, you know, the game, was it the Senior Bowl? I think it might have been uh, where, you know, from the beginning of the week to the end of the week, he made the biggest jump of anybody. You know, we've seen him uh, fix issues that plagued him during one season to the next season flawlessly. Uh, we've heard about the Wonderlick score. Uh, and then, you know, to see that he is a tremendous leader and, you know, you see it on the football field if you pay attention. But, you know, just to hear him talk a little bit about it, it, it just kind of reinforces that. And. He really just has everything you you would want in your franchise quarterback, and then some. So, right, right. He's he's not he's not bougie, you know. He's 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 not stuck up. I mean, he's 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 no different between you and I. Um, you know, he always have time for you know a fan or anybody that wants to approach him, you know, and just chop it up with him. He's he's all for that. He's not he's not one of those type of quarterbacks. So you know, he's 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 one of the guys. Let me just say that he's one of the guys. Um, you know, you heard Jordan Phillips saying uh, about Josh that, you know, when those guys get those big type of contracts, you know, their head goes here and they get blown up to the point where, you know, they feel that, you know, they're better than everyone or they just on a whole different level and you're not. But um, he says Josh is no different from uh, his first stint all the way up until now with all the success that happened in between. Josh is still the same goofball. That's in the locker room, you know what I mean, cracking jokes, um, you know, just being one of the guys. And, you know, that's why those guys love him. That's why those guys uh, run through a wall for him, you know what I mean? So, you know, I'm excited. I know Bill's Mafia is definitely excited. And um, this is, hey, you either believe it 
or you don't, right? You know what I mean? So obviously the Bills are getting a lot of fanfare of what's going on. They predicted to be uh, the best team in NFL, one of the Super Bowl favorites. Obviously, the, uh, the kick off the season, you got the Rams, you got the Bills. Could be a potential preview to the Super Bowl. Should have been last year's Super Bowl. But we all know what happened, you know, to the Bills in that regard. The Rams held up to the end of the bargain. Bills didn't. But this is why we're here again this year. So, um, you know, we got a lot of things to talk about. Gabe Davis, the emergence of, of the Gabe Davis effect this year. How will it affect the offense and, you know, basically what is going to do for his game coming into this year? You know, I probably have a few predictions where I think his, his uh, performance is going to be. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll get into that as well. But let me just break down OTAs on Tuesday. Now, first of all, it was good to see the majority of the guys there. I mean, you only have really four guys absent. You had Tim Davis absent. You had Daquan Jones absent. And you had Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer absent. Other than that, every single bill on the roster was there. So, I mean, out of, what, 85 players? Only four not show. That speaks volumes, you know, when it comes to a a voluntary uh, organized team activity. You know, nine times out of ten, you half the guys would show up to something like that because, again, it's not mandatory. And these guys want to enjoy their summer or you know their off season. It ain't no summer. They just want to enjoy their off season the best way they can. Uh, you know, it's the time to you know raise their kids, get with the families, do the family things. I get that. But business means business. And as long as um, these guys are having practices and, 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 and sort of some sort of uh, team activities, it's good to see that the guys are buying into that, wanting to be around each other early on because they know the task at hand. So it was good to see the veterans out there going against the rookies. I, I definitely had a treat just to see Kyrie Elam matched up against Stefan Diggs. Um, to see Gabe Davis versus Dane Jackson and Kyrie um, Elam. So um, I got a front row seat to that. And then obviously it was very good to see Von Miller in uniform. I mean, that just makes it real. I know you you heard about it. We, we did the quick little press conference. And then, you know, we didn't see him no more, basically, other than what he's been posting on Twitter and Instagram. But to physically see him in helmet and Bill's blue with Miller on the back of that and that number 40 jersey, you know, that that made it official. You know what I mean? Right then and there. And to have a guy of that magnitude, you're paying $120 million to be in attendance at the first OTAs, let you know, you know, how serious he is about getting to another Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So it was, once again, it was just good to see all those guys in the building, Steph Diggs in the building after, uh, you know, after his new deal as well. Um, just trying to, you know, see what's going on with new offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey. You know what I mean? So it's a lot of things to, 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 to put into what's going on with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you got like you got you got Mike Shula, who's an offensive assistant. You got Joe Brady, who's a new quarterbacks coach. So the Bills have put this staff together. I think the Bills have one of the best staffs in the NFL, let alone, you know, head coach and defensive coordinator at this point. We all know what happened with the offensive coordinator. He got a job, a head coaching job with the New York Giants. So, you know, we already know what that is. Uh, Ken Dorsey, I can't say that he's one of the best, 
But with the pieces that he have to work with, I think he's going to be. He's, 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 it's not going. It's not going to be a drop off. I can tell you that offensively by what I saw. It's not going to be a drop off at all. Actually, it may be slightly better than a Brian Dabo's offense. That's that's what I was actually going to kind of allude to. Um, you know, I, I heard Josh talking in uh, the interview process and uh, everything. He was talking about how, you know, working with Ken Dorsey over the years, Ken, you know, knows he knows what Josh likes and Josh knows what he likes. And, you know, they're able to uh, adjust. I'm sorry. It, it's it's an adjustment period, I'm sure. But they're able to kind of pick up where they left off in that sense. Um, he talked about, you know, wanting Ken Dorsey to talk to him in, a, in, in the headset, you know, just so he can hear his voice and get used to uh, his cadence and, and everything that goes with that. Um, one thing that really stood out to me when I was looking at, you know, some videos from OTAs was I saw Von Miller and I was really excited to see Von Miller, you know, number 40 with the, you know, everything looked good. And then like right behind him, I saw number 50 and, Greg Rousseau was towering over Von Miller. And I'm just looking like, wow, I, I had no idea that like Greg Rousseau was that huge, you know? And so, you know, I look at Von Miller and as dominant as a pass rusher as he is, a first ballot Hall of Fame, you know, player, Super Bowl champion twice over, to have him come in and be able to teach a guy who looks to be probably at least half a foot taller than him. Like, there was a difference there and um i'm really excited to see what he can teach you know group uh because you know obviously group has all the physical tools to do it now it's kind of just about making it happen you know taking those steps and development to to do it you know uh kind of in the same way that you know we were looking for aj epinesa in my opinion right it, it was kind of like you know got him in the second round we need a good pass rusher you you were productive in college. That that's the thing about you know AJ Epinesa is he was productive in college. I didn't feel like we necessarily had like a a dominant game wrecking type of guy, right? And then Group came in. You know he he was productive in college. He didn't. You know if you watch his tape, he kind of. I don't want to say lucked into his sacks, but they were like effort sacks. You know it wasn't like he just totally obliterated the guy across from him and went and got the quarterback. There were a few of those, but not very many. Um, and, you know, with a guy like Von Miller, he's going to obliterate the guy across from him and he's going to go get your quarterback. And I, I, I would like to see, you know, uh, a Greg Rousseau take that next step in his development to be that guy, you know, uh, almost in the same way you're hoping that a Kyir Elam can learn from a Tredavious White, you know, almost in the same way you're hoping that Gabriel Davis learned something from Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders and these great wide receivers that he's had the opportunity to play with that do what they do at a really, really high level. Cole Beasley is arguably maybe a top 10 slot, maybe ever. Like, you know, he's just, he's, he's one of those guys, you know, uh, it, it, you look at Cole Beasley and you're like, if he was with Tom Brady, they would have won multiple Super Bowls. You know what I mean? Like he was that Danny, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola type of guy. Um, you know, so his, out, his route running, route running is phenomenal. Uh, and, and they talk about that, you know, they talk about, they've never seen Cole Beasley get beat one-on-one, right? So now you have Gabe Davis learning from him. We all know what Stephon Diggs can do. 
you know, and his route running may be the best in the league. You have Gabriel Davis learning from him. We know Gabriel Davis got hands in blue. You know, we've seen that and, and we've seen, you know, him prove that time and time again. Uh, he did have a, a bit of a problem with drops, but I feel like that's been shored up a little bit. Um, and also I think, and I know we're going to get into the Gabriel Davis effect later, but I think that, uh, you know, that that playoff game might give him a you know, confidence booster going forward in terms of, you know, maybe taking that next step to being a potential star receiver. Um, and so, you know, when I look from OTAs, I just I kind of look at uh, just how guys are moving, you know, how they look like they might be feeling if they're, you know, in good energy, if they like walking around with their hands on their hips, if they're ready for the moment, you know, and um, it looked like everybody, you know, was pretty high energy, like the that one pass that went a little viral. Uh, you know, Joshua on the run throwing an absolute laser to uh Gabriel Davis, and uh, that it, it looked like you know, this guy's left or um picked up where they left off. And I'm excited to see how it translates, you know, at the beginning of the season. Oh, without a doubt, and as you can see on that pass, actually, Josh Allen had to step up in the pocket because Von Miller and company was definitely getting after it. I mean. Even on the flip side of that, you still had Shaq Lawson. Shaq Lawson probably had like three, four sacks, you know. So that's how wow. deep, awesome. um, you know, this this defensive line is. And I can say right now that that defensive line right now is a top five defensive line. On paper, I get it. But we know that paper. this, this paper here is going to produce way better than this defensive line did last year. I mean, when you look at the upgrades again, of what the Bills have done between uh, free agency and draft and what they replaced, you know, all of them are pretty, pretty much upgrades, okay? We got Jerry Hughes, we upgraded that to Von Miller. We had Mario Addison, we upgraded that to Shaq Lawson, um, you know, in a combination of um, Russo, Epineza, and Boogie Basham. Um, we, we upgraded from Star Latulale and, and Horrible Harry to Daquan um, Jones, Jones and Tim Settle and Jordan Phillips. Now, you know, we know Jordan Phillips last last season as a bill led the team in sacks of nine and a half, and he wasn't even a starter. He was a rotational guy. So, you know, knowing what he knows now, you know, with a little bit more seasoning to come back to Buffalo, um, paired with a much more mature, um, a much more mature uh Ed Oliver, and now you got Von Miller alongside you with this 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 giant of a of a specimen and GR the giant. You know, everybody wants to call him Groot, but I, I call him GR the giant. Greg Russo the giant. All right. Uh, you know, it's time for him to get his own his own handle. Groot is some character from some movie. You know, what I mean, I, I get it, I get it, Mandy, but you know, he's GR the giant in my eyes. Cause it seems like he's still growing. Yeah, I mean, like I mean, you get up on Von Miller, you still like damn Von Miller's big as hell. But right, that's what I'm saying. he made he made Von Miller look like like a point guard. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So you know to have that assets right there, just along on that defensive front, is going to make that back end so so relaxed and, and comfortable to go and make plays now because. Quarterback is not going to have all day to sit back in a pocket with those guys. I'm going to tell you that right now. He is not going to be able to. Those guys like Josh Allen can climb that pocket, find that one-on-one matchup, as you saw in that, you know, that one clip that's gone viral by now. Um, not too many quarterbacks can do that. 
You know what I mean? Let's 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 say that first and foremost. Not too many quarterbacks can do that. So um there you have it, you know what I mean, with the upgrades on that defensive front. Now, when you look at um the other upgrades on the defense, you got you leave Levi Wallace is gone for Kair Elam. That's an upgrade in my eyes. You know, that's that's a definite upgrade. Um, you know, a guy that's physical, you know, has the tools, he can play off man, he can play man press, uh, NFL pedigree, comes from a football family. Um, you know, and then you know, I, I mean, Levi did play at Alabama SEC, but you know, Florida, you know, he played against some of the top wide receivers, uh, you know, hands down, that's in the game right now, tearing things up. So, um, you, you, you bring that in, that's a that's a definitely upgrade. Uh, you, 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 you leave. You lose AJ Klein, and then you replace him with Terrell Bernard. Now, I'm a, from an athleticism standpoint, I'm going to give Bernard the edge there. But as far as knowledge, I still have to give that to AJ Klein. But in due time, especially learning from Matt Milano and Tremaine Evans, this guy is definitely going to be a force uh, to be reckoned with. He's going to definitely one of my sleeper picks. On top of the sleeper, the steal, Khalil Shakur who was drafted by the Bills in the fifth round. Everybody's saying basically he is a steal, but watch Bernard at, 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 in the third round, the Bills selected from out of Baylor as well. So you get a lot of upgrades, and it's just on the defensive side of things. Um, when you turn around on the flip side, okay, um, you replace Cole Beasley with a Jamison Crowder, right? Um, you re-sign Isaiah McKenzie. Um, you know, you, you, you replace Emmanuel Sanders with a Gabe Davis. But you also drive Khalil Shakur, um, you know, another guy that can play outside, inside. Um, he's another guy that could just put the ball in his hands. Uh, you know, he's dynamic and explosive. He's a playmaker. So uh, to get that type of specimen in the fifth round, you know, gives you that insurance because once again, Jamison Crowder is only on a one-year deal. You know, so you got to replace that just in case. Bills win the Super Bowl. You know, it's back time. Boys is going to go get that back, you know, somewhere else, you know, having a one-year deal. You know what I mean? So, guys are definitely going to go get that bag, and then you replace them with guys like Marquez Stevenson and, um, you know, uh, Khalil Shakur. So, upgrades all around the table, even when you look at it from the running back position. Um, Devin Singletary isn't going anywhere. Zach Moss isn't going anywhere. But you upgrade your running back room with a guy like James Cook. Um, a guy that basically obviously has the same traits as his brother, but on the flip side of that, he can give you a little bit of Alvin Kamara as well on third downs. A guy that, if you're not careful on a check down or a screenplay, this guy can take it to the house. He has that capability. He has that explosive playmaking capability, something that's going to be definitely used because teams want to double Stephon Diggs. Okay, well, what you got? We got Dawson Knox. We got Jamison Crowder. We got Gabe Davis. Not to mention, we did pick up O.J. Howard. Okay, so that's another weapon, you know, that the Bills have offensively that's going to keep defenses on their toes. And let's not forget, the quarterback can run the ball as well. So if you see nothing but grass 30 to 40 yards downfield, best believe Josh Allen is going to take off, you know what I mean? So upgrades all the way around the table. And this roster, basically, I can tell you right now, this roster, this roster is 
better than last year's roster right now as we speak. And, you know, they still have a few spots to uh, to improve as well. You know, never know. They might bring a savvy veteran in. And there's been rumors of Joe Hayden all the way down to OBJ. So, you know, the Bills are definitely, you know, a team on the rise. The roster definitely look, look, looks good. And but, you know, they still have to take it one OTA that time. Yeah, I just the way Brandon Bean has shaped this roster, I feel like he put us in the position to be good for at least another three to five years. And it just just off the strength of what he's already done. And then you just take a look at what he does and his philosophy and the way he maneuvers things. It looks like a plan for long term success. Right. You 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 cleaned house. You know, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean cleaned house initially when they first got here. And then he set up a a, a, a very uh, a very uh, healthy environment in the locker room. Right. Uh, you know, this is championship caliber. Originally, it was playoff caliber. And, you know, they're looking for uh, ways to, you know, be better, be more goal oriented and, and uh, have everybody compete toward the same goal. And, and then you end up getting core players like your Ed Oliver, jo- Josh Allen. Uh, I believe Tremaine Emmons is a core player. Tredavious White, uh, you know, Stefan Diggs and, and guys, Matt Milano, guys like that. And then I feel like with the way the team performed, you know, under under his his leadership and uh, watching Josh Allen turn into a superstar. You know, we we hope we expect to see Josh Allen here for at least another 12, 15 years. Right. And then not only that, but you, you watch the way these guys rally around his team. So now you have your core players. But then Brandon Bean is also incredible with scouting talent. Right. So now, you know, you, you have your core players and those guys obviously good. They get paid if, you know, they they perform well and they do get paid. Typically, you know, you, you, they may be the best. Sec- not even maybe I them for my money. They're the best secondary in the league uh, in terms of, you know, the safeties back there. And and you you build around those players. So now, you know, even your non-core players, you you looking at guys like Teron Johnson, you know, you're looking at guys like at Oliver, I'm sorry, Harrison Phillips last year. Now this year you're looking at guys like Tim Settle and Daquan Jones. You're looking at, you know, uh Gabe Davis, who who probably isn't a core player yet, but is on his way to being one. Uh and and you get this great talent to kind of, you know, fill out your roster, right? And and they even perform well, right? Because the coaching staff is coaching everybody up and everybody's doing their job at a high level to the point now these, you know, these role players are performing, you know, like starters in, in this league. And then you're playing for maybe the best offense in the league, maybe the best defense in the league, you know? And, and what comes with that is what we saw this off season, really like, you know, for the first time, maybe in, in bills, it's at least since I've been a fan, right. People wanting to come to Buffalo. So now you put yourself in a position where those role players turn into maybe former superstars or, you know, uh, stars who maybe didn't get the pay that they were looking for and want to come to Buffalo, win the championship and, you know, maybe get paid next year, whatever the case may be. So, again, I, I really think Brandon being the way he's built this team, he's really put us in a position to succeed for a long time. And I think that is the most encouraging thing uh, when you look at this team, um, you know, going forward is that other teams, you know, they've, they've got to buy all these players, 
pay all these players big time to come in, maybe, you know, make one or two runs at a championship. And then you back to zero, you know, uh, with the way Brandon Bean did it, you know, it, it doesn't look that way. And uh, real quick, before I, I pass it back to uh, coach uh, Mandy, to answer your question, I actually have a theory about this, right? Because Josh Allen's second season, Yes, his second season. And that was the year that they traded for Antonio Brown. If you pay attention to that first Jets game, they start out in five wide for maybe like the first two series. Start out in five wide. And they're, they're having Josh Allen throw the ball all over yard. At that point, you have a John Brown, you have a Cole Beasley, talented wide receivers, but neither of them are a true number one that can get open like a Stephon Diggs, right? So I think that his plan was to have Antonio Brown there to play that Stefan Diggs role and be, you know, have that air raid offense that they displayed in Josh Allen's, you know, junior season, his third year that they had when they got Stefan Diggs for the first time. But, you know, not having Antonio Brown there kind of ruined things. So they had to go to a more of a run, uh, you know, heavy offense. And and so I think I think Dayball and 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 Bean and and uh you know McDermott had that plan even from the beginning with that Antonio Brown trade, you know, just didn't come to fruition until a year later where we saw you know you know Josh's uh ascension, if you will. Well, yeah, you know, we we you know that trade didn't happen. So, you know, we can't talk about it, you know. Um, you know, it was some it was some conflicts there. No reference to that. Antonio Brown didn't want to come. Come to find out, he didn't want to be a Buffalo Bill. Um, so that kind of nixed that deal. Um, you know, I think it was that, just dope that our our management, especially back at that time when we didn't know what they would become, that they just had a, a plan in mind, and and it just shows to the point that they literally they they have they know exactly what they're doing, and mm-hmm. it seems like they're making all the right steps to to make it happen. Like I, I talked about Brandon being, being Mr. Contingency, every single reason we lost the game last year, whether it was the offensive line, whether it was a defensive line, whether it was CB two, whether it was it, it, any reason why we lost one of those games last year, which it typically was a fluke whenever we lost, it seems like he shored up that position or that unit this year. And he gave mm-hmm. himself contingency plans in case anything should happen. Right. Well, you learn. They, I mean, you 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 learn off experience. You know, you learn off experience. Um, for years they've been trying to figure out what's going on. You know, they, obviously the game is one up front. You know, this. I mean, it's just common law, right? The game is one up front, an offensive end and a defensive end. Um, you know, they 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 brought the right guys around Josh, whatever scheme it was to make it work. It works. But on the defensive side, they kind of struggle with. You know, they now don't get me wrong, they were number one defense in a lot of statistical categories, but one eyesore that stuck out year in, year in, and year out was sacks, getting after the quarterback. Yeah, Jerry Hughes was one of the top in, in quarterback hurries, but it don't translate to sacks. It don't translate to get the quarterback on the ground. Um, so when you look at the investments of Jerry and the investments of Mario Addison, more or less on the Mario Addison side, because Jerry earned his. Um, you know, Mario was a guy that, you know, come from Carolina, you know, they believed in him, had confidence in him, but so does dirt. You know what I mean? You, you bring a guy in that's, that's, that's past his prime and you pay him a lucrative deal, that kind of stunted A.J. Epinesa's growth in, in my eyes, because I don't feel that 
Mario was better than AJ. It's just that he was getting paid more than AJ, so he had to play. It was one of those scenarios where you got you got basically your two bookends were the highest paid players on the team last year. So they got to play. You know what I mean? So now that's going to stun the guys uh, like AJ Espinosa's growth on top of you drafting Gregory Rousseau with your top pick. So what they do, we don't still like the results we got. So how about we just say, forget it. Let's go ahead and get the best guy that we know this is what he does best. And that's getting after the quarterback. We know this guy instills fear in quarterbacks. That is what we do know. We do know on third down, He's going to help our defense because he's either going to have a back or a tight end is going to have to stay put to help block. So, you know, you got another guy, again, that offense is going to fear on third down. Definitely going to be trying to figure out where Von Miller at on third down because if you don't, quarterback is going to be on the ground. If you don't, uh, Von Miller is going to force a turnover of some sort, whether it's a strip sack or forcing the quarterback to throw the ball sooner than he wants to. And that's going to resort to an interception by the defense. So we got that guy now that creates that fear factor, makes the cipher complete with the Bills defensively on top of, you know, the other additions that they brought to the table on the defensive side. So um, you wanna, that uh, was just Brandon Bean, Brandon, excuse me, Brandon Bean, just learning off the experience on, you know, what it takes to win up front. You know what I mean? If we have Von Miller – in 13 seconds, you take we it, that we are on our way right there. We win that game because Von Miller was not going to let Patrick Mahomes just sit back there all day long and just dink and dunk to his guys. So you know, and it puts more got, it puts more confidence in your secondary to actually play closer and not 20, 30 yards away from you know the nearest. Exactly, you can play a little bit more freer, a little bit more open. You know, knowing that, you know, you got guys up front that's going to take care of what's what, going to do their job, basically. Just do your job. Get after the quarterback, shut down the run. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then everything else, third down, is going to be like a party. So they did a great job on, on revamping that defensive line to put around your, 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 your key investment at Oliver and Gregory Rousseau. And I think, again, that Bills defensive line is going to be, you know, something spectacular this year to see. Um, it's going to be one of the reasons why they won the Super Bowl for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you want to dive deeper into this and get to some position battles? Sure, sure. Let's just go ahead and get right into it. I know everybody was wondering, okay, draft Kyir Elam. He's our starting guy. Not so fast. Not so fast. Coach McDermott went on to say that, you know, he's definitely going to have to earn it. We're not just going to put him there because he was our top pick. He's going to have to come in there and earn it against guys like Saran Neal. He's going to have to come in there and earn it against guys like Dane Jackson. He's going to have to come in there and earn it in the likes of Cam Lewis and Nick McLeod. I mean, these are guys that's been there. These are guys that should know the Bills play by in and out. So they're going to get the first crack to, you know, get in that spot then you know Kair is you know based on seniority but Kair is up for the challenge he understands you know how this works you know you're a little man on a totem pole even though that you got drafted you know how you got drafted you're still the little man on the totem pole when it comes to seniority in that cornerback room so he's definitely going to have to earn it. he's going to get in that playbook he's going to have to learn the pro game you know and I think he, without a doubt, he's going to be fine. 
I think I think he's going to be fine. But you look at the position battles right now with Tredavious White. Um, right now, he's on schedule. And if you don't know what that means, on schedule, he's on schedule, right? He got hurt, what, week 10, uh, Thanksgiving. So he's on schedule to play around that time again okay. <laughs> this year. That, that makes me feel better. on schedule to play week one. Good. Don't get your hopes up too high, everybody, okay? Tredavious will be back around midseason, all right, fully healthy. And, you know, that's where, you know, they'll trust that knee a little bit more. But um, they're not going to force him to come back and, and, and you know, potentially re-injure that thing when they definitely need him for playoffs for sure. So, you know, with that being said, okay, we know Dane Jackson is an automatic lock just based on, what he did last year, you know, he was better than Levi Wallace in my eyes. So he's your one corner. So you got that position battle right now with Saran Neal, Nick McLeod, Kyir Elam. All right. So that's your position battle. You have to um, check that out, especially when training camp comes. You're going to definitely see that in training camp, but I'm seeing it right now. So you, you definitely going to have to uh, see how that works. Yes. And, what, are, um, what are the chances that we see, uh, maybe Teron Johnson step out to uh, be an outside corner. Excuse me? What are the chances that maybe we see Teron Johnson step out to be an outside corner? Um, he's versatile enough to do it, but I think the Bills have enough on the outside. If, if, if it's an issue, then you'll see a Joe Hayden or you'll see a, a Kevin King or you'll see you know another veteran corner that can play on the outside come in. You know, at that point, I don't think they used Teron Johnson for that. And let's not forget, uh, the Bills drafted Christian Benford in the sixth round. Uh, he's more than capable of playing on the outside as well. All right, very versatile. He can play outside. He can play inside. And, you know, he's another luxury because he can play some safety. You know what I mean? At, at, at six, one and a half, 205 pounds. Very physical guy. He had 14 interceptions throughout his career at Villanova. So, um, I think the Bills um, – if they don't, if the Bills don't go and get a veteran corner, then you know that they are very high on Christian Benford and, you know, Nick McLeod as well, you know. Um, yeah, that's that's what told me they were high on Dane Jackson last year, right? It was, uh, you know, Levi had offers from other places to, to go play there for more money, but he wanted to come back to Buffalo. You know, basically minimal value uh, compared to what he – possibly could have gotten and he was just like yeah i wanted to be in buffalo but it seemed like the bills were pretty comfortable with letting them go even last year and that told me they must really believe in dane jackson because it didn't they didn't take they didn't get anybody else you know to to cover that cb2 cb3 slot and um you know they they did end up playing levi and he he still took the cb2 spot and obviously we saw what happened when tradavius white went down dane jackson proved the, the the coaching staff right you know he made them look good you know and saying that hey we don't need to go out and get another corner as of just yet you know we we believe in the guys we have in this locker room right now um but you you mentioned earlier about uh i'm sorry um terrell bernard and him kind of being a, a, a upgrade to aj klein physically in in the physicality uh way but not necessarily yet in the mindset way when aj klein first started he was not good. <laughs> like when he first came to Buffalo, it was not good at all. But then it seemed like mid season, not even mid season, maybe 
week four or five ish, he, he kind of, you know, got things rolling. Uh, how, what are the adjustments that you're looking? I'm sorry. What is the adjustment period that you think it might take a guy like Bernard uh, to to be the next guy up, or do you think a guy like Dodson or Smith or Matikavich, uh might come in and and take over that AJ Klein role? I think it's just more reps, uh, more diving into the playbook, you know. And then you will see. I mean, and you see it now. I, I seen guys flying in making plays. I seen him flying in making plays, you know. And this was. You know, what no rookies, one rookie minicamp. You know, what I mean, these are professional athletes that he was out there, you know, making plays against. So, I just think that training camp preseason is going to show me a lot, not only in him and all of them, but him a little bit more specific because what his role is going to be. You know, he's going to be special teams, obviously, and you know, he's basically being groomed forward at number three linebacker spot, you know, him and, 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 and Tyrell Dobson are going to compete for that. Dobson has an edge. Uh, you know, he's proven that, you know, he can play. Um, you know, um, he, he definitely um, proved and earned his spot. But once again, you know, Bills draft who they draft and, you know, they're going to make sure those guys, you know, get first crack at anything. But We'll have to see if he if if Dobson end up being a number three linebacker, that's because Bernard hasn't grabbed certain things yet, you know. But once he do, he's definitely going to be you know that next guy up, or potentially number two in the event of Matt Milano or Tremaine going down. He's in the sauce right away, you know. I mean, uh, we know Dobson did that in the absence of um, Matt Milano, and then he ended up getting hurt as well. So that kind of like, you know, slowed him down a little bit because I think he was overall, he was he was playing some good football at that point. And then, you know, he had got an injury and had to miss a few games. And, you know, by that time, Matt Milano was back ready to roll. And, you know, he just kind of like got lost in the sauce. But nevertheless, we know what he's capable of. So that's going to be a key uh, position battle as well as far as the linebackers going into training camp and the remainder of these OTAs. Um, you know, so safety is like, not really an issue. You got two our pro safeties back there, so there's right. no there's no competition with that. We ain't even about to play around with that right yeah, now. Yeah, no position battles there. <laughs> two our pros, you know, at safety, so we ain't even gotta worry about that. So, so it sounds um, like it's it's Terrell Bernard's job to lose essentially, uh, at least going forward, probably after this as a rookie season. I think um, so. So I think, I think it's his job to lose, but. In the same token, you can't count out Terrell Dobson because he's been there for over two mm-hmm. years. Um, you know, they brought Markel Lee in as well, 6'3", yeah. 245. Um, so you will have to see what he brings to the table as well. I so would you do on special teams. Would you say the Terrell Dobson, you know, Andre Smith, uh, you know, compare would that be to uh, Terrell Bernard? as a Saran Neal, Cam Lewis would be to Kyrie Elam in the sense that they maybe will get more reps simply for seniority, but ultimately it's, it's, it's the rookie's job. They want it to be the rookie's job ultimately. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what they drafted him for, right? I mean, so they want to get him up to par. They want to get him up to pace uh, to see if he can handle it first and foremost. You know what I mean? If he can handle it, yeah, they're going to throw him in there. 
they're going to throw him in there anyway just to see if he's going to scratch or how much can he handle. Um, so, you know, more and more OTAs is a day to get better for those guys each and every day leading up to training camp. And once training camp come, we in full pass, baby. Then we gonna, that's going to really separate the boys from the men. So, you know, they better not miss OTA, those rookies especially, um, because right now it's, you know, next man up. And I'm quite you sure, be ready for uh, your shot. you know, they would love that, that to happen. You know what I mean? Bills have some quality depth to draft. Make sure that the Bills got quality depth in those positions that they needed. So Brandon Bean, once again, did an excellent job of going to address those holes and, you know, filling it with quality depth. Absolutely. If you look at, you know, that was one of the big things going into the draft. It was, wow, Brandon Bean has really put us in a position where we could go anywhere. You know, he he's really short up the roster. The draft is going to be about maybe getting, you know, some really, really high quality talent. But most of all, it's going to be about, you know, adding some depth, uh, you know, with guys that, that we can develop in the future. Um, but I also, you know, want to get into the defensive line quickly because this is – you, you mentioned it yourself on paper. This is a top five defensive line, right? Not only that, but there's a lot of talent to go around. You know, they like the rotation pieces last year, right? Um, and this year you have a few more quality pieces to actually rotate in, right? I love Justin Zimmer, but Daquan Cook, I'm sorry, Daquan Jones and uh, Tim Settle is just a different animal. You know what I mean? I, I like, uh, you know, Mario Addison. Uh, you know he was he was serviceable like you know but it's a different animal with von miller you know when he came into the absolutely i I agree with you but i just mean like in the rotational sense right so let's start with uh defensive tackles first and we'll move outside we've got you know daquan jones tim settle uh jordan phillips uh, uh boogie basham plays inside a little bit uh and and of course big ed oliver what do you look like? Is, is who do you think is probably going to get the majority of the snaps uh, coming from the inside this this season? Mm, I mean, right now, when you look at it, who's the most experienced guys? Um, Ed Oliver, obviously. I would figure that you know, since you got rid of Starla Tulare and Harrison Phillips, you probably want to you know start Jordan Phillips on because once again, he's familiar with your scheme. He's familiar playing with Ed. They have continuity together. Uh, and then on the outside, um, you got Von Miller and you got Greg Rousseau. You got to go with your $120 million guy and then your number one draft pick from a year ago. So, you know, that position in that rotation is going to be between Boogie, AJ, and Shaq. But that's not a bad rotation, you know, I mean, on the outside, you know, so. So you do um, see Boogie playing more outside than inside? Um, Right now, yeah. Right now, I, I do. Because you got Tim Settle, Dequan Jones, and Jordan Phillips. You know what I mean? And you still got Ed Oliver over there. Not to mention Brandon Bryant. And I like uh, Prince Amelia they took up as an undrafted free agent as well. So right now, Boogie got to show that, you know, he can play, you know, a defensive end. You know? Now, he could be a NASCAR package guy uh, inside, you know. But once again, you know, you got Jordan Phillips, man, that's 6'5", 335 pounds, man, that can push the pocket as well. 
I, I, I haven't seen what Boogie looks like physically uh, yet this, you know, season. Um, but I know last year he was he, he he was a little more, you know, stocky. He was a little bigger. You know, he didn't necessarily look like someone uh, for me personally, from what I saw. I didn't know if I would be comfortable with him on the edge and trying to use speed to get around people and things like that. It didn't quite look like he had that to the highest level in him. But I, I saw some potential at defensive tackle. You know, when I was watching some of the film, he was able to, you know, uh, hold some of the linemen. You know, they weren't running him over. He was commanding a few double teams and, and holding his own pretty well. Uh, he was even making a couple plays from the inside. So I I, I don't – because – and, and you look at A.J. Epinesa, and he was actually more of the, the Boogie Basham size in terms of, you know, he was big and – stocky a little you know he has some weight on him and then he comes back last year and he's like super you know slim super cut you know and in from the preseason and into the early weeks he looked like he was going to be a stud you know uh aj epinesa and he, he like i say he looks a little more skinny he looks like he's more prepared to play outside maybe a linebacker even type of role to a degree um what are you expecting from aj epinesa in his third year because this is his make or break season uh, I think Espinosa is going to have a good season. I really do. I, I think he's going to have a good season to the point where he, the Bills are either going to have to extend him or trade him. You know, but I, I do believe that Espinosa is going to have a good season. It's his third year. Normally, the games kind of slows down. You know, for that third year, um, especially when it comes to um, divisional play. You know, how many games you to play versus the Giants, Jets, and Patriots. You know, going into your third year, um, and just the overall, just knowledge of the game going into your third year. You know, I think that AJ is going to have an excellent year this year. I think AJ would have had a good year last year, given an opportunity, but they didn't play the guy. You know, he didn't play as much because you're paying Mario Addison ten million a year, and you know Jerry ten million a year. So you know, those guys got to play once again. Um, you know, I think he, you know, last year was more or less his learning curve. His rookie year was COVID, so he didn't really get a chance to be truly developed because of that. You know what I mean? He didn't have the proper tools that rookie season to be, you know, to become where the Bills needed to be. So I think this year is a very important year for him for sure, but I think he's going to be up for the challenge, and I, I think you're going to see – we're going to get after quarterback this year, whether it's AJ, whether it's Vaughn, whether it's Greg, whether it's Shaq, whether it's Ed, whether it's Joe. We are going to get after the quarterback this year. Absolutely. And and looking at it from AJ Epinesa's perspective, you were still the second round pick, you know, a, a couple of years ago. Like, you know, for them to just make a, a run at, you know, drafting guys that play your position and then going and getting a superstar Hall of Famer that plays your position. Uh, you know, like I said, and then a first and a second round pick consecutively, the, I think it was the two years after, uh, you know, you're drafted in the second round. Like I, I have to imagine, you know, you felt like being the second round overall pick, second round pick, excuse me, somewhat, this is my position to lose. You know what I mean? They brought me in to be a difference maker and now they're bringing other people in to be a difference maker you know uh and, and so I, I imagine i imagine the pressure has to be on um but we got some questions okay and it's kind of coincides with uh a little bit what i was thinking 
Um, my man, Jason Taylor, shout out to you guys in the uh, comment section as well. He says, wouldn't Daquan Jones play more considering he's a true one tech? And that also got me thinking because I feel like Tim Settle is extremely talented. And I think he's probably more talented than Jordan Phillips. Um, but, you know, to your point, Jordan Phillips probably knows the scheme and, and the system a little bit better. Uh, which of those three do you feel like will probably be the most important piece come playoff time? I'm going to say Jordan Phillips, too. I'm going to ride out with Jordan Phillips. Um, let's not forget, Jordan Phillips was All-American at Oklahoma. Jordan Phillips was selected in the second round, too. Jordan Phillips should have been, you know, a first-round pick. He was he was projected to be to go in the first round. He didn't. Um, you know, he kind of slid, went to the wrong team in Miami, wasn't feeling that, uh, got a fresh start here in Buffalo, thrived in that, um, and got his back, but realized he could have just easily simply stayed in, in Buffalo. You know, if he would just stayed in Buffalo, never know what this defense could be. So that's why these guys were running it back, him and Shaq, because the defense were on to something. You know, the defense were just evolving at that that last year with him and Shaq. And then you lose that. They go get their separate bags other places, but it didn't pan out for them. They wasn't scheme fits. They didn't like it. So, you know, understanding the grass is greener where you water it at instead of the other side. They recognized that and, and, and got back to, you know, their comfort zone and coming back here to Buffalo. So got them back. I think Jordan has to nod just because, one, he played here. He has continuity with players. He has a feel for the players. And, you know, that's that's a that's a real good advantage. And then, obviously, he's, he's the more seasoned vet now. You know, uh, he has, you know, more veteran. You know, he's more seasoned than subtle. And, you know, he's played more snaps than, than Daquan Jones. So you start that off with that. Or, I mean, to Daquan Jones, probably can pick up. You never know who's going to start. That's that's how good this Bills defensive line is right now. You don't know who's going to start the game. But I tell my players all the time, it ain't how you start. It's how you finish and who's finishing. You know, so you want to be out there when it's time to finish the game. You can start the game, but you might not finish the game. You know, so I want guys that can finish the game. That's that. That's what matters the most to me. And I think the Bills definitely have guys that can finish, you know, rather than starting. And, and to your point, Jordan Phillips was, was probably, no, I mean, Ed Oliver was a first-round pick. So, of course, you probably would look at it as he has, you know, the greater potential. But when Jordan Phillips physically left the Buffalo Bills team, he was probably our best defensive lineman. Um, you know, he definitely, I think he had the most sacks and, and the most production of any defensive lineman coming from the inside, no less. And so, yeah, may, maybe Jerry Hughes, you could say, was the best. But Jordan Phillips was most certainly the most productive. But um, final defensive uh, line question. All right. So you mentioned how you think Boogie is probably better suited for the outside, right? Now you got Von Miller, Greg Russo, Boogie Basham, AJ Epinesa, Shaq Lawson, uh, you know, some other guys as well. Who's the odd man out there? Because everybody can't, you know, get rotation in there. I don't think it's an odd man out. I mean, when you look at it, didn't the Bills keep, what, eight to nine guys on the defensive line last year? So I don't think it's a, really an odd man out. Okay, you look at. Well, I mean, I'm in out in terms of who gets uh, you got playing four, time. You got, as far as what, no? Who gets playing time, not necessarily like getting cut. Um. 
Well, you know, Greg Greg Rousseau is definitely going to get snaps. Vons obviously is going to get snaps. AJ Espinosa is the guy that we're hoping that he's he's the next guy in in, in reference to those snaps because this is his third year and he should know more. I mean, Shaq is past Espinosa, so that's the battle of that rotation. It's going to be either between Shaq and Espinosa. Disappointment if it be Shaq Lawson. Not really, but really, because you, you drafted Espinosa, you know, obviously to be a, a Von Miller type guy eventually, just had to come to fruition. But um, that's a pretty interesting question, though. Um, I think right now, right now I'm saying Espinosa because, you know, he's he's been there fluently to understand what the changes have been made in this defense. Um, but Shaq definitely has familiarity, but he doesn't have the consistency. So I'm going to give AJ Espinosa the nod right now for that, you know, the consistency of being this is all he knows. You know, it's not like, you know, he was in Buffalo first and left and learned some other tricks of the trade somewhere else and came back. No, this is all what AJ Espinosa knows. So I give AJ the nod on that. Yeah, I think this is just personally thinking about it, you know, from the perspective of maybe AJ Espinosa. I feel like this is a very, uh, not ideal situation for him. You know, you have a guy in Shaq Lawson who's going to come back, who is very talented, probably really underrated, uh, but it's more than just the talent he brings. It's the fire he brings, you know, the energy, the attitude he brings to uh, a, not only a defensive line, but a defense and a team overall. You know, um, when we when we won that Thanksgiving game in Dallas, Jordan Phillips and AJ, I'm sorry, Jordan Phillips and uh, Shaq Lawson, their energy and everything was a big part of that. And so if you're looking at it from AJ Epinesa's point of view, you got a, a Hall of Famer in front of you. You also got a first round pick in front of you with extreme traits. Right. So your chances are of beating them are slim to none. Right. And then you got this guy in Shaq Lawson who comes back in and Shaq Lawson is talented. Not only that, but he is championship caliber, uh, you know, uh, pedigree being at Clemson. But he also has something to prove. Right. He, he, he went and he got his bag. It didn't quite work out the way he thought it did. You know, and now he's back in Buffalo where he was comfortable, where he even earned the bag to begin with. And, you know, and not only that, but now, you know, the inside looks a, little, a lot better than it did when he first was here in his first stint. Uh, you know, uh, the other side of him, no matter when he's on the field, is going to be either Gregory Rousseau, Von Miller or, you know, somebody else who, who can get to the pass rusher. I feel like this is primed for Shaq Lawson to have like a redemption season. And that doesn't bode well for AJ Epinesa, in my opinion. Right. Right, definitely, man. So, like I said, it's all about what's going to happen. These OTAs leading up to training camp. And when you start really seeing, you know, who's lining up where. You know what? We can't really say all of that stuff until training camp where you come and see it yourself. But, you know, that's why they call it competition. And the Bills have built one of the best competitive rosters in the Brandon Bean McDermott area. So, I'm excited. I can't wait for Tuesday uh, to see what's next here at OTAs. Uh, we know that don't expect Josh Allen to be there. This is going to be the week where a lot of guys are not going to be there. All right. Um, you got Josh. You know, obviously, he has the match coming up. So, Josh won't be at OTAs this week. Uh, you got Stefan Diggs, who have a prior engagement. You have Von Miller, whose brother is getting married. So, 
you're not going to, if you start seeing or hearing, oh, such and such was, wasn't at camp this week, don't blow a gasket, all right? It's just that they're taking care of some final, you know, businesses and family things that they got to take care of before they get back to work, okay? So don't think nothing of it. It's nothing wrong with those guys. Nobody's disgruntled or whatever the case may be. They're just taking care of, uh, you know, some very important business with this family at the time while they have the time, you know what I mean? So, you know, so that's it. That's, just, that's our show for the day, you know what I mean? I'd like to appreciate you once again from always chiming in and coming on and uh, holding it down, uh, you know, with myself. And, um, hey, we're going to be giving you some more exclusive content. Now, we did get a, a, a great deal with Sirius XM, so we are very excited uh, about that. All you uh, Bills Mafia fans, just make sure you, you you stay with us every step of the way. Believe in Bills are going to have some great guests on this show, and we can't wait to bring you that lineup. So, you know, we'll give you that lineup very, very soon on guys who's going to be on the show. Obviously, we're going to have just about the entire Bills uh, team on, coaches as well. Uh, hopefully, we get Roger Goodell to come on. So, you know, make sure you keep a lot. You stay tuned on, on Spotify, YouTube. Uh, you know, make sure you hit us up on the fan base uh, network. We're going to be running at Power 96.5 and, you know, on social media outlets, Believe in Bills podcast. Until next time, be safe on one another now. All right. Yeah. Go Bills. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.